I've listened to a particular marketing podcast for many years, and while I learn a lot from the host, one thing about this podcast drives me slightly nuts. The host spends six and a half minutes on what I call preliminary junk before they get to what I call the meat and potatoes content. Here's a breakdown of how they spend the first six and a half minutes of every episode. They start off with an excerpt or a clip from the episode, and that lasts about 60 to 70 seconds. Then they play some intro music, and they read a promotional blurb for the podcast, and that takes another 60 seconds. Then the host comes on and tells the listeners what they're going to talk about or what the listeners are going to learn during that episode. That takes two minutes. The host, if they have a guest, then introduces their guest, which takes another two minutes. Then they break away to a commercial message that promotes the host product, service, or program, or it promotes whoever is sponsoring the episode, and that takes one minute. Those five items typically take five and a half to six and a half minutes. You can probably guess what I do when I start listening to this podcast because I know that it's going to be a bunch of introductory stuff for the first six and a half minutes. I fast forward my audio player six and a half minutes and I skip all the boring preliminary junk so I get right into the meat of the episode. Well, this podcaster's intros are significantly longer than you'll hear on most 30 to 40 minute podcasts. There's certainly nothing wrong with doing it this way. In fact, your favorite TV shows are set up exactly the same way. Think about it. They start with a commercial, followed by previously on NCIS or whatever show you happen to be watching where they show you scenes from the most recent episodes so you can remember what was happening last week, followed by the theme song and the credits, followed by more commercials, followed by the opening scene of the new episode. And all of that takes several minutes before you actually get into the episode itself. That lengthy setup probably works well for the podcaster that I'm referring to, but that person's listenership is different than mine. My listeners, that's you, have told me that you don't care about intro music. You've told me you don't like a bunch of chit-chat at the beginning of episodes. You've told me that you love that I dive right into the critical content with practical, doable tips and inspiration, followed by a massive action step that you can begin doing immediately that is going to help you achieve the results you're aiming for. Here's how I start each episode. I'm Laura Christensen, host of the Professional Writer Podcast. My goal is to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode, along with a link to join our private Facebook community for professional writers at bloggingbistro.com. That intro took me somewhere between six and 10 seconds to say. And here we are, diving right into the deep end without all the clutter. In episode 44, I told you that my theme for 2021 is simplify. And that theme applies not only to my podcast, but to everything I do that's related to my business as well as to my personal life. This week, let's work on simplifying the content that we publish on a regular basis, whether that's our blog, our podcast, our vlog, like a video blog or vidcast, or our newsletter. By simplifying a few key areas of your content, you're not only going to make content creation easier on yourself, you're also going to please your readers by giving them a positive experience. Your massive action step for this week is to focus on the introduction. 
if you podcast or vidcast, time your introduction. Is it six and a half minutes long? Or is it six seconds long? Now here's the key. Which length does your audience prefer? If you aren't sure, ask them. If you send out a newsletter, those often don't include an introduction, but they are more likely to be comprised of several chunks of content. Examine that content. So this is your massive action step if you send out a newsletter. Does your newsletter include a personal message from you? Some helpful links to great content that you want to recommend to your readers? A tutorial? The latest news about your industry? Recipes? Testimonials from readers? Promos for something that you're selling? And you might be thinking, oh man, that's a lot of stuff to include in a newsletter. And you would be absolutely right if you were thinking that. Does your newsletter need to include all of those chunks of content or even half of those chunks of content? Or might you delight your subscribers if you were to significantly pare down the content? If you're not sure, ask your subscribers. If after you ask them, they respond TLDR, which stands for too long, didn't read, consider revamping your newsletter that includes a little bit of everything and instead send your subscribers a short personal message, just like you would when writing an email to a friend or a business colleague. Start small, see how it goes, and add different types of content only when your subscribers demand it. Along with examining your newsletter's content, review its structure. Most subscribers will read your email from their phone, so that's a given. They're going to be reading your email or your e-newsletter from their phone. So assume that they are squinting at very small type on a screen that's about two inches wide. Whenever content is condensed into a narrow column, it has to be formatted with lots of planned white space. It has to include headlines and subheadlines that call attention to key points. And it has to be comprised of short paragraphs. Those paragraphs are usually only one to three sentences long each. When writing the content for your e-newsletter, don't think like an author. And that is where you typically have longer sentences and longer, beautifully developed paragraphs. Think like a journalist, where you have a limited amount of space to convey a critical message to an inattentive audience. Write tight and get your message across in as few words as possible. If you need help figuring out what you can safely cut from your newsletter, schedule a consultation with me over at bloggingbistro.com. I will review your newsletter or your blog or your podcast or even the written content on various pages of your website, and I'll provide you with a written overview of my findings as well as a one-to-one -one conference call during which we'll discuss the areas that you can revise, remove, reorganize, or redesign. And you'll find a link to those services in the show notes over at bloggingbistro.com. To recap, when preparing an e-newsletter, or what I would refer to as an email message, keep in mind that most of your readers are so overwhelmed by the sheer amount of email that they receive, over 50% of it is spam, that they might appreciate receiving a short but impactful message from you as opposed to a lengthy newsletter that tries to be everything to everyone. Examine both the content 
and the structure of your emails and include only the content that will most benefit, most entertain, or transform your readers. Our third and final action step today is for those of you who blog. Examine the content and structure of some of your recently published blog posts, just like I went over with you on how to examine your newsletter. So you're going to be examining your blog the same way you examined your newsletter. In addition to repeating the massive action step that you did for your newsletter on your blog, here's another critical part of your blog post to examine. The intros, the introductions to blog posts. Readers skip over long introductions in blog posts. Delete them. Get to the point. Tim Fall, who was my guest in episode 20, put it this way. Get it said. Shut up. Post. <laughs> 